family, we want to welcome you tonight to the Tea with Tea. And as you heard my wonderful co-host say hello, she'll be joining me tonight and we'll introduce her in just a moment. But I wanted to just give everybody a hug from wherever they are. Just squeeze yourself real tight and just know that's coming directly from me and there's nothing you can do about it. So the last few weeks we've been talking about some of the things that have been going on in our wonderful country and we've talked about racism and the definition we've talked about how black lives matter and last week we discussed all lives matter and so i know some of times that can be a little bit depressing to some of the listeners and so we want to try to wrap that up this this week and hopefully you guys will take what you can from this podcast and the rest just leave it on the side of the table we'll clean it up later so this week we're just going to focus on how we've been affected as a whole and you know before the black lives matter movement came there was this ugly thing called COVID-19 that hit us back in I believe it was February when we started hearing about it here in the area So we're going to just touch on that just a little bit. You all know what it is. You may have known someone, maybe a loved one, friend or neighbor that may have contracted that ugly virus. So with that being said, we know that that can bring some type of emotional illness. If We'll just say illness because they're ill that makes you ill because it's somebody that you know and that you probably care about so it doesn't sit well with you that you're feeling hopeless and that you can't do anything to help them maybe they were hospitalized and they're on the they're on a ventilator and you can't even go see them you just get reports from the nurses and we know how that can definitely make you feel so if there's anybody listening to us tonight that has someone that's gone on or someone that's currently battling this virus our thoughts and prayers are going out to you tonight and just know you're not alone and we're going to also deal with the black lives matter movement as it's being called i've done a little bit of research on that yes i'm black and i am proud but guess what i also love everybody else no matter what color of your skin so with that being said i think it's appropriate right now for me to introduce my lovely co-host tonight her name's Bree, and guess what she's biracial so i really love her because she for one she's black which is great and also for two she's caucasian i love them all and Bree, welcome again Hey, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so happy that you joined me tonight. So what I'd like for you to do, if you don't mind, since we're here at the table, just spilling a little bit of tea tonight. Uh, if you don't mind just giving the listeners a little bit of history on you, where you're from, if you don't mind, you can just say the region and tell us about your family and tell us what you currently do for a living. Okay, yeah. Um I am from a small northeast town in Kirksville, Missouri. Um, It's a predominantly white town, um, about probably 17,000 students. There's two colleges there. Um, The colleges are probably what brings in 
the the diversity um, to the town, but even with that, there's not much. I moved to Kansas City after I graduated uh, Truman State University, uh, the same college in the town that I grew up in. Um, Coming here was such a big change. Uh, I began working in the mental health field and um, I currently work in the intake department uh, for intake and engagement with an outpatient community mental health center, which is quite quite an experience. Um, my family, I yeah, like T said, I'm biracial. I have a white mother and a black dad. My parents are actually divorced and my parents actually ended up remarrying a person of a different color than they are. So, wow. Interesting. I, yeah. Um, so I have two black dads and two white moms. So that's pretty awesome. Do you have any siblings, Brie? I do. I have a younger sister. She just turned 16. So there's a little bit of an age gap between us. Wow, the big one six. I'm sure she's ready to get those driver license and so she can just drive right on up here to Kansas City to see her big sister when she can. Uh, oh, she's got a car. She is always on the road now. Wow, how interesting. Gosh, 16 seems so long ago. But anyway, we will just discuss little sister later. But, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the type of work that you do. You work in the intake department. So Truman Medical Center, for those of you that aren't from the Midwest, it's one of the hospitals that we consider to be um, a city hospital, state hospital, for the fact that you can go there without insurance and they work with you on the bill. You can go to uh, the billing department and they will have you fill out an application and they will tell you where you qualify at on their scale. You either got, you can get a 0% discount and some people even get a 100% discount, which is really good. So it allows those that don't have insurance to go to the doctor to be seen. Now, Bree, um, you're in the mental health field. And as I was stating earlier to our family, that all of this Black Lives Matter movement that um, is going on, and then we had the COVID before that, you as a mental health professional, how has some of that affected you? Oh, it's, you know, at the beginning of COVID, it really didn't affect me. And I think that's because I really didn't know the extent of what things could be. And then with the added, you know, unjustified killings for the Black community, it's just kind of, it's definitely taken a toll now that we're in our, like, third, fourth month <laughs> to COVID. Yes. Um, so I say it, it's definitely taken a toll. I've needed to take my own time in my own space and focus on my own mental health um, so I can be able to help others too because that's my job you know that's that's what I'm here to do yes absolutely and you know I'm glad you said that because you know a lot of times when people hear mental health the first thing they think oh I'm not crazy why, why are you saying mental health and that's you know because mental health has gotten a bad name you know, we think of the movies that come on TV and we think of um, people being locked up in the hospitals and, you know, they're doing all these experiments on them and, you know, they're crazy. That's another word that a lot of people use also. But mental health, everybody needs to take a look and sit back. And hopefully a lot of you got the chance to do that when you were home in quarantine with the COVID-19 epidemic. So it has a lot of facets to it. 
mental health. We work in the mental health field, so we know firsthand what it's like to not be okay. Guess what? We deal with that sometimes on our own. So when we have to step back and take care of us, that's called self-care. And I'm definitely a fan of self-care. I actually do that quite often. But since we've had the pandemic here and um, I got back home safely back at the end of March from Las Vegas, it really made me think also, Bree, that, gosh, I really need to take this serious because there are people dropping like flies, as some of us say. And that's what's been happening. So, you know, we stepped back. We've looked at ourselves. We saw what the COVID-19 has done to a lot of people. You know, you may know someone that has contracted the disease. There are people that contracted and they go on with their everyday lives and they have no issues. Then you have the ones that contracted, they end up in the hospital for a couple of months. And then you you have the ones that end up in the hospital and they never come home to their friends and family. So there's different facets to that. Then we fast forward to the month of May and we have the killings of the young men. We have the killing of the young man in Minnesota. Then we have the killing of Richard in Atlanta, Georgia. So we are already dealing with the COVID-19 and we're already on edge from that. Then here we go with having people murdered by police. I just set everybody off. So guess what? We ended up with a lot of things being burned down. We ended up with a lot of people going to jail. We've ended up seeing some people that we may have respected at one time actually act really ugly. Guess what? They're probably really stressed, but nobody ever thought about it that way. So I'm bringing it to you that way because I need you guys to see the full spectrum. I'm here to support, but I'm also here to let you see it from somebody else's point of view. Because guess what? That's what makes the world go around. We're not all going to be the same and we're not always going to agree with everybody and what they say. So Bree, I have a question for you. Being that, you know, we had this Black Lives Matter movement and the protests and did you participate in the protest? And if you did, tell me what you saw with your eyes and what the experience was for you. Yeah, so um, I actually did, I think, the first that first Saturday where Kansas City started to have the protest. I went um, in the afternoon and it was, it, I hate to use the term crazy, but it was like wild, but also like amazing. There was so many different people there um, of every color. Honestly, there may have been more white people there than there was black people, which kind of kind of shocked me but I mean that's great um but it was it was exciting I mean you could feel the passion in the air you know people were wanting to support what they believe in and stand up for what's right and get justice and so it was really and it was kind of it wasn't my first protest I've been to or participated in but it was just different there was just a different vibe and um just like I said just more passion with everyone but um I left because I believe that first Saturday night, things got a little um, intense. There were some windows broken out of stores. Um, I didn't see any looting, but there's you could tell once it hit nighttime that it was different. And so I left. I didn't participate in any of that. But yeah. Very good. Very good. And, you know, with you being biracial and you being able to see 
both sides of it. You know, your dad is black, your mom is white. You love them both the same. It doesn't matter what color their skin is. And as I said last week, you know, what's important is the blood that's running through our veins. And, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, resentment and I'll even will use the, the term hatred um, towards a lot of the Caucasian individuals because of things that have happened in the past. But there's a saying that if you're, if you're driving, if you keep looking at your rear view mirror, you're going to have an accident. So we need to move forward. And there was something that I just glanced at tonight um, on the news that really was really passionate for me was there was a neighborhood um, that's in the Kansas area. And it's one of the neighborhoods that you don't normally go to unless you want to go to their garage sale and get all their stuff because it's going to be the good stuff. Well, so that tells me, T, it's predominantly white and the homes are going to be really expensive. It's the type of neighborhood you drive through and you're like, darn, what do those people do for a living? So there was a woman that lives in that neighborhood and she thought, you know, I want to do something because guess what? This neighborhood is predominantly white, but I love everybody and I want everybody to feel welcome in my neighborhood. So this woman decided to make a sign, not just for her neighborhood, but for everybody driving through her neighborhood. She made a sign, the background was white, and she put a heart on that sign and it was colored black. That, That was very, very powerful to me without any words being said. So then we fast forward a little bit to two beautiful young black queens that happen to live just a few blocks away. They saw the sign and they went into the neighborhood because actually they knew the woman since they were little, but they just knew, you know, this isn't our neighborhood, but hey, she's got this sign in her yard. People started asking, hey, we'd like to have one of those. Hey, we'd like to have one of those. And guess what? These young women are now raising money and working with the woman that started this so that they can help others, educate people about things that are happening. And when they say, what can I do? They'll be able to go and talk to people and say, this is what you can do. And this is how we feel. So I say kudos to them, to the young women for stepping in and coming alongside this wonderful woman that decided to do this and say, hey, we, we're here, we love you, and we want to help, and let's work together. So guess what? We got that intertwined going again. They're holding hands, they're walking, they're talking, and they're bringing other people into this so they can say, hey, we can do this, we can work together. So what I'm trying to say is just because you're a different race doesn't mean I hate you. And it's okay for us to love one another. So as I was sitting and contemplating tonight, about tonight actually, what should I say and what should I do? There's a quote from Martin Luther King and I really enjoy watching the movies and listening to his speeches because he was a man of great wisdom and it took courage to do the things that he did. but. There's a quote that says, darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate can't drive out hate. Only love can do that. 
How powerful is that? Just those few sentences, so powerful. So what is that telling me? Would Martin Luther King want me to hate my brothers and sisters that are of another race? No. Would he be okay with the black on black crime that's going on today? I don't think so. But the one most important thing that sticks out here to me is love. And guess what? If you're a Christian, that's the greatest commandment. Hello, talk to me, somebody, because God is nothing but love. So we need to show the love of Christ to other people. So, Bree, I want to talk to you about growing up in the small town and not being exposed to a lot of things. And as you stated earlier, you said that when you came to Kansas City, it's like, wow, it's like among shocks because there was a lot of things that didn't happen in your town. Is that correct? Correct. So what's funny is that Kirksville, even, I mean, it's a mid-sized town, like 17,000, I said, but even with that, that was the biggest town I'd lived in. Like I've lived in small farm towns in the Midwest, you know, population 2000 or sometimes less, you know, I was the only, (laughs) the only person of color practically in the town. And I didn't think anything of it, you know, that's just kind of how it was. And I really wasn't taught to hate any different or anything like that. You know, I knew I was different, but it didn't stop me from, you know, talking to people and making friends and things like that. Um, But yeah, when I, I, it's actually not until college where I was surrounded and this might come out wrong and I don't mean it to be, but surrounded by the most diverse and more black people than I'd ever been around my entire life. Um, Wow. I started to learn. I joined um, Association of Black Collegians. I joined Multicultural Affairs Programs. And that's where I kind of, you know, I got a little culture uh, change, you know, and it kind of opened my eyes a little bit. But definitely, you know, Kansas City has been such a eye-opening experience. I'm working with a diverse group of people. And um, the more I got educated and the more I spent around people that were you know different than me and you know darker than me that's where I really started to open my eyes that there are things that go on in this world that I had the privilege of not necessarily experiencing yes absolutely so it was eye-opening and you felt like wow this is great because it's diversity you're getting to learn about different cultures. You're getting to learn about your own culture. I mean, I'm sure your your dad, he exposed you to some things that, you know, only blacks indulge in, you know. You know, we love our fried chicken, of course, and we love our fried fish. And some of us even like to eat, should I even say the word? How do you <laughs> pronounce this on podcast? Chitterlings, I believe. <laughs> it's just something that some of us do. I'm not one of those. I gave that up a long time ago. But, you know, there's just uh, those things that we're known for, you know, soul food. When you say soul food and we talk about what that is and people say, hmm, I like it. Oh, I like that, too. And before you know it, we've got lines outside the door of the local soul food restaurants, because guess what? They love the food. Now, if I was a racist, would I go to one of those restaurants? I don't think so. And. What I want the family to get to know about tonight, so scoot on in, we're going to scoot on over and allow everybody to join us. 
is that everybody that's white is not a racist. And everybody that's black does not hate Caucasian individuals. It doesn't work that way. Um, you know, we, we won't really talk about dating too much because we got plenty of time to talk about that. But just because I decided that I wanted to date a white gentleman does not mean I don't love my black brothers because I do. Uh, I have two black children and I love them with everything inside of me. And it doesn't matter the color of the skin. It's how you treat me. So if we can get to a place where we can start to heal, that's what we need to start doing as a nation. We need to heal. We need to address the issues, which I think we have. We've got some issues here in our city that have been addressed. And there's the name J.C. Nichols, and it was on a parkway. And there was a statue with a fountain that had the same name. And we stood up and we said, no, we need to stop this. And so now the name is being changed, not only because the people of the city stood up, but it's also because the relatives and the people that run the foundation that this individual, J.C. Nichols, uh, started possibly, they said that they don't condone any type of racism and they would like to have the name changed. They don't want to be associated with someone that was a slave owner and someone that didn't care enough about the black people. So I understand. I can see that from both sides. And as I said, I'm here to make you think and I'm here probably also to piss you off a little bit, which is okay. So if I do that, please, by all means, just go ahead and send out a little email to me at teespodcast at gmail.com. And also, we're not done. Why don't you go ahead and dial up a neighbor or a friend or even text them and say, hey, I'd like for you to listen to this podcast and tell me what you think. Because guess what? We love to have you as part of the family. And, you know, one thing, Bree, that I'd like to say about everything that's been going on. I think it's brought a lot of trauma to our nation. What do you think about that? Oh, I definitely agree. <laughs> like, there's, I think it's re-traumatizing people. You know, people that have maybe yes. experienced brutality, um, direct racism towards them. You know, it's it's re-bringing that up and stuff that people don't like to talk about. It's bringing it to the forefront. Absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I said I don't do politics because politics in friendships and I've got some really good friends and I don't want to lose them and I know they don't want to lose me either. So that's just not something that I talk about, because guess what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me who you vote for, because as I stated earlier, that's what makes the world go round. We all have our differences. Now, this would be a pretty boring place if we all thought alike. Pretty boring. So we need the diversity. Diversity is very, very important to us because it allows us to learn about other things, other cultures and, you know, things that I wouldn't have never known about had I not embraced some of And so what... is that we love one another and that we 
appreciate one another and that we can all get along with one another. That's the most important thing because I don't think that there's going to be another T. There's not going to be another Brie. So I need to embrace you because you're unique and you're perfect in the sight of God and as am I. So when I go out with my white friends and we laugh and we talk and we love on one another, it's genuine. You know, it's not fake. It's not something that is just happening because we're in front of people. I can sit and I can cry and I've done that many a times. I can cry and I can hug and I can laugh and I can have a glass of Moscato if I choose to do so with them. It's not any different than if I was sitting with you, Bree, and we were doing the same thing. It's not any different. But for my friends that are listening and also for my family, come on in and let me tell you this little part here. I don't like the black-on-black crime. It has gotten to be outrageous. When I get up on a Monday morning to hear about a four-year-old that was sleeping in his bed that was shot in the face, rushed to the hospital, but he didn't make it. Now, he lived through open-heart surgery when he was five months old, but he didn't live through the bullet that came through the wall that lodged in his face. That I have a problem with. Black-on-black crime is something that we need to get a hold of. I'm very passionate about that because I almost lost my son, so I can only imagine what this father and mother are going through. Bree, can you just talk a little bit about the, the trauma, the traumatic experience of all the crime that's happening? Then we have the COVID. Then we have, you know, the police brutality. And then on top of that, we got all the looting. And so if we group all those things together, what can that do to a person? Oh, it can it can drain them. I mean, if you already have, you know, mental Ill- illness, like depression, anxiety, I mean, that is probably probably skyrocketed, you know, um, it's a lot of people are keeping things inside and internalizing them. And some people don't know how to cope with what they're experiencing or seeing. And some of the clients I work with may not even know what's happening. They just know that they can't go outside without a mask. They can't go you know, shopping like normal. So it definitely, I mean, there's tensions are high right now and (laughs) it's a crazy time. Yes, absolutely. And so family, if you don't take anything from this tonight, and this is just a little girl talk between Bree and myself, but we wanted to bring you in because we love you enough to say, we're going to scoot on over and make some room and you're welcome to have some tea. We've got ours. So it's important to us. We're passionate about these things. Now, you may say these ladies are absolutely crazy to work with, as some of you say, crazy people. But no, we're not. 
I can say the reason I chose the field is because I was married to someone that suffered from mental illness and I wanted to learn everything that I could about mental illness. Not only that, but as I began to learn about it when I was in school, I found out that it has to start somewhere. He he wasn't just born that way. So that means that it's in our families. You know, they they say there's a crazy Aunt Helen. Yes, we've got one of those. And, you know, there's a crazy Uncle Ed. We've got one of those too. Well, guess what? It started somewhere. And I'm pretty sure it didn't start with Aunt Helen or Uncle Ed. But that is just the the ripple effect of it. So if we could just come together, and as I stated earlier, we're going to be talking about this for quite some time, but I want to cut off the the trauma of, you know, the police brutality and all the protests. I'm, I mean, I love everybody that's participated and done it in an orderly fashion. Now, the rest of you that decided that you wanted to get out there and you wanted to just show people that you didn't appreciate it and you wanted to set something on fire or you wanted to do some looting. Well, I'll pray for you and pray that God will change your heart and heart so that you might be able to do things a little bit different next time. But mental illness is something that you don't get the opportunity to say, I want or I don't want. Some people, you know, you can walk in the store. Most of us do this and some of us Uh, Maybe not so much now because of the COVID-19 pandemic, but, you know, we go to the store and we have the opportunity to choose the clothes that we want to wear, the shoes, the food that we want to eat. But when mental illness strikes you, that is something that you don't have a choice in the matter. It is genetic. And it's passed down from generation to generation. So if you missed your generation, nine times out of 10, it's going to hit the generation after you. And we want to come together here tonight just to let you know, if you are experiencing any type of traumatic issues with what's happening in our world today, you're not alone. And guess what? I guarantee you that there's a therapist out there that would love to talk to you. I just found out earlier today that states are being given money so that they can help people that are struggling from one being quarantined in their homes for so long and maybe seeing some loved ones pass on or seeing some loved ones really ill and they are able to now go and get help locally for free so if you don't have insurance or maybe you do and you just don't have the money to pay the copay reach out to your local your local state community health mental health clinics and agencies to see hey do you guys offer free counseling because I'm dealing with some things that I need some help with. Guarantee you, 
there's going to be somebody to help you. Now, Bree, um, we've talked about this mental illness and we've talked about how it affects people and, you know, um, it's genetics and things of that nature. But can you tell the people a little bit about the denial part? Or let's say the person is diagnosed and they feel horrible and then they get on their medication and they take it for two weeks and they're like this damn medication is not working I don't need this or it's not working so what's the use can you fill the people in a little bit about that side of it yeah and I tend to notice that a lot of clientele that are diagnosed with schizophrenia are usually most likely to get off their medications um I don't really know why that just seems to be a pattern but I think it's the whole stigma regarding depression, anxiety, not wanting to be labeled crazy, not wanting to be put in, you know, a psych hospital. I think it's family stigma. I mean, community stigma. There's even racial disparities between, you know, mental health. And I think it's all that combined that people kind of, you know, don't want to seek help or deny that there is a problem and then it gets to the point where things get a little too extreme and hard to manage um so i think it's a combination of things i i was talking to actually someone and they were telling me how you know my family thinks i'm crazy but i don't want to get some random that i can't get rid of and you know so we had to kind of talk through that and talk through that she's not crazy she's just unique she's just different but she can be her own self exactly and you know with so many different diagnoses out there i mean we've got the books and there's a diagnosis for almost everything i'm sure even me i probably got about 10 in in the book myself just because of some of the things that i like to do but the one thing that you said that matters so much today is stigma. People are more concerned about what other people think of them, and this includes their family, than getting the help that they need. So they would rather suffer, and a lot of times they suffer in silence until it becomes to the point where it's just too much for them, and then they end up in the hospital because they're worried about what people think. So just a quick little story, you know, um, you know, I was married and so I actually diagnosed my ex-husband. I was in school and I was doing a paper and I got to reading this list of symptoms and I thought, wow, that fits him to a T. So, you know, we fast forward a couple of weeks and we get to the psychiatrist and I was almost 100% right, but she said I was a little bit off, but yes, diagnosis-wise, I was there. I was in the ballpark, so great. But, you know, the thing that really bothers me is when we go to the doctor, if I go to the regular doctor, because I tell my family I'm sick, and I come back, and they say, so what did the doctor say? Oh, I strained my back. Oh, did they give you something for it? Yes. But if I go to the psychiatrist and I come back, do they ask me what what the doctor said or 
the medications the doctor gives me, if I share that information with them, I'm pretty sure that some of the family is going to say, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. All men are crazy. So you just fall into the same category or there's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to take no medication. So there we go back to that stigma. Because if I take it, what is that going to do to the relationship that I have with my family members? But then guess what? If I don't, what is that going to do to me? So that's a question for you, family, tonight. Sit on down at the table if you just joined us, because guess what? We're just getting started. There are issues out there that we don't have any control over. You know, PTSD comes just from life experiences, just like we just talked about. Listening to all the news talk about COVID-19. Bree, I don't know about you, but being home for four months, that's done a number on me. Yes, it has. And, you know, it's <laughs> what's funny is that while I was during COVID-19, I actually still went to work every day. So I didn't really have a, a release. It was kind of like I went to work. I did my job and my job was actually at the time figuring out placements for our, our um, clients who were homeless and awaiting their COVID-19 results, whether that be positive or negative, and then, you know, giving them a safe place to isolate until they get the results back, or it's been that two-week period. So I had that stress on top of work, and then coming home, I mean, there was no time to de-stress. There was no time to go out and do anything. <laughs> no, because everything falls. You can't go. We can't go to our favorite spot and enjoy chips and salsa and have a little cocktail, because... They're closed. Exactly. So what are we supposed to do? We can't see each other because we have to social distance. What are we supposed to do? They're just things that affect people. And this is some of them. So if you say to yourself that you've never had PTSD, I'm afraid to tell you, you would be wrong. Because if COVID-19 affected you, and if this Black Lives Matter movement and the killings of the Black unarmed young men that were killed affected you, you've had PTSD. You just didn't know it. But yes, you've dealt with it. And I'm sorry to tell you, you're probably going to deal with it again before you leave this earth. So it's just the stigma that comes along with the name that people have a problem with because I guess the people that have the problem with it think that it's going to reflect on them. So when I first started this podcast, I said, I'm going to be the first one to tell my business because guess what? If I don't tell you my business, you're not going to tell me yours. So I'm going to tell my business and I've been very open since I started and I will continue to be open and that's why mental illness is being talked about tonight because it's affected me on every level work home life friends and even neighbors so I want to share what I know with you so that you 
can be educated on the different illnesses that are out there and you can decide, you know what, maybe I do need to pay my doctor a visit. Maybe it's just as simple as you're, you have anxiety. Well, if you just have a little bit of anxiety and your mind is always racing, I hear that all the time. Oh, my mind never shuts off. I'm sorry to tell you, but that's anxiety. You need something to help you rest, whether it be natural, you can do an herb. A lot of people are doing marijuana now. That's the new name for it, Brie. So, you know, we all deal with something. There's not one person on this earth that can say every day's a good day because they would be lying. They would be lying. And when lightning strikes, I would not want to be standing anywhere near because we all do. But we have the ones that are very private and they don't want anybody to know about it, which is fine. And then we have the ones that don't mind sharing so that they can help someone else and you know as the weeks go we're going to play this out a little bit because guess what mental illness affects you on your job if you let it relationships oh most definitely and I can tell you all about that so we're going to talk about all of these things we're going to we're going to give labels as far as titles and definitions for different things that you may have heard about but you didn't even know what it was so we're going to tell you those things and Bree she'll come back sometime and she'll share with me and you guys as we're sitting here you know spilling tea about all this because it's important because I love you family enough to say I want you to know I don't want you to walk around being in the dark about things that you need to know about and you know we'll even cross the threshold of dating and what that looks like and you know to date someone that has a mental illness because you know when we first start dating we think everything that they do is cute until we say I do or until we've been in the relationship for a while and we get to see no that's not cute and I'm noticing that it's happening more and more whether male or female So we're going to share this with you. And guess what? I think it's important to share it with you before you have to deal with it. Or maybe you're dealing with it now and it gives you the opportunity to decide what you're going to do about it. It's called empowerment. And that's why I'm here. I just want to empower each one of you to know as much about the issues at hand as I do. Because I feel like that's what family does. Bree, would you not agree with me? No, I agree. 100%. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. Empowering each other. Being here to encourage you to know, hey, it's okay. Because guess what? This isn't the first time and I'm sure it won't be the last time. Guess what? Every time I sit down and I sit here and spill tea with you guys, I set a time limit for myself and... I love you so much. I always go over at least by 10 minutes, but today it's 13 minutes. And, you know, I don't regret it because you all matter so much and I love you. So with that being said, I just want you guys to know that you matter and whatever you're going through today, it's going to be okay. As I shared with a friend earlier today, we talked about some things that she was going through and I share with her, guess what? I've been there. So what I want to tell you right now tonight is 
the things that you may be going through right now may not only be for you. You may encounter someone down the road and they share their story with you or share what's going on and you can say, hey, I've been there and I've done that and I made it through and I'm letting you know today that you can too. Having to rhyme, wow, wasn't even trying to do that. But the thing that will get you through is knowing that you have hope and you have a bright future ahead of you. And I want this to be contagious. You know, just like they say, if you are around somebody that has the flu, you can catch it. Well, I want this love to trickle down and I want you to feel it. So when you come back next week, you'll call two or three people and say, hey, guess what? It's tea time because I'll be here waiting. Bree, what would you like to tell the people before we go ahead and let them go back and do what they were doing before we decided to spill tea tonight? You know, just make every day better than the last. And, you know, we're here shortly in a short time. Things go by so fast. We're focused on, you know, work and school and, you know, relationships that you need to take time for yourself. You know, you need to build yourself up and you're the one that's, you know, has to, you know, live in your body every day, every moment. So make sure you practice self-care and, you know, treat every day like a better day. I could not have said it better myself. I second that. And family, guess what? We're out of time. The only thing I I will add to what Bree said is that I love you. And guess what? It's not a thing you can do about it. So grab yourself real tight right now and give yourself a big old hug. And guess what? That's from me to you. And until next time, I love you.